Just when you thought things were going to get a little easier, um, maybe you thought things were going to turn around a little bit. Well, court packing is on the way uh, right now. And court packing is obviously an issue we've talked about quite a bit on the program. Uh, The people at First Liberty Institute have done a great job being all over this. This is a great organization. Uh, I've had Jeremy Dice on a million times. He's a a great dude. And and these guys fight really hard to protect uh, the constitutional values we all care about. The Supreme Court could take that away, obviously, as we've seen so many times. Uh, and packing the court is just a path to to put in every liberal fever dream they've ever wanted. Um, a lot of big organizations are fighting against this, uh, but real real power player here is First Liberty Institute. They need your help. Um, right now, um, you can join them. Uh, go to uh, supremecoup.com, supremecoup.com. Uh, sign your name to uh, help these leaders by September 15th. Don't miss out. SupremeCoup.com. Since the dawn of time, man has stood around a campfire and done the most powerful thing that man can do, and that is tell a story. Tell a story that is just a good story. Tell a story that you made up. The most powerful stories are the stories that are real and told by the person that actually experienced them. This hour, we're gonna give you an update on our uh, rescue uh, attempts in uh, Afghanistan. But we're also gonna take you right to where it started, September 11th, some reflections and personal stories around our electronic campfire in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my gosh. Today, was it not the most beautiful morning ever? I was driving into work today. Uh, windows down. Just loving the just loving the cool weather. Uh, it is fall, at least in Texas, which means it was only about 80 degrees this morning. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is hopefully going to stay around. Uh, you're probably already uh, feeling it now. Fall is in the air. Uh, and this is a time where we can open up the doors and the windows and let the fresh air uh, come in. Blinds.com would like to help you um, ready your house for the next season. Blinds.com, they have professional design consultants for a fee They can help you pick out what you want, what you need. You can do it yourself or you can have them install all of it uh, at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Tanya and I have used them several times. They're really, really great and really easy to to use. And we don't install them ourselves, but we could. I think actually we did in one, two rooms. I think we installed ourselves because they were like, you can really do this yourself. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we can't. No, we can't. You have no idea. 
You know what I got my wife for her birthday just last Friday? A toolbox. I mean, it was one of the gifts. I'm not that bad of a husband. I get her a toolbox because she's like, I'm tired of not having a hammer, you know, trying to find something. I have no skills. Blinds.com will help you. Fall in love with your home all over again. Blinds.com. Shop now. Save 35% off site-wide. It's Blinds.com for up to 35% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Dave Icy is a uh, uh, friend of the program and uh, the guy who started StoryCorps. How long ago, Dave, did you do this? Hey, Glenn. Um, StoryCorps started 17 years ago. 17 years ago. And, um, yeah. and a lot of conservatives aren't aware of StoryCorps because they're generally have been carried on NPR, uh, but it's not a liberal conservative kind of thing. It's American stories, and they're all being preserved by the National Archives, and they are fantastic. And we wanted to concentrate on 9-11, and your archives must be incredible on 9-11. We do have a lot of stories on, on 9-11, Glenn, and, and you're right about conservatives not knowing about StoryCorps. But thanks to you, that's starting to change, uh, which is really important to us, because as you said, you know, we we hope to grow into kind of a national treasure, collecting the wisdom of who we are as as Americans. Yes. Um, Yeah. We've had a bunch of special initiatives, about a dozen through the years at StoryCorps. And our first one was with the 9-11 Memorial and Museum. And we are working with them to record a story to honor every one of the lives lost on September 11th. Wow. Um, so we have lots and lots and lots and lots of, of, of stories collected. Um, uh, you know, just honoring the, the, the it's, they're, they're not so much about what happened on the day of September 11th, but finding out who that person was who, who was lost on that, on that um, terrible day. So I want to end with the ticket counter guy. Um, tell me what else you brought to the table today. Tell me the first story you want so, to share. Sure. So um, we, we're, I'm going to I'm going to play. The, the, this is these are tough stories. Just a warning to your audience, especially the first one. Um, this first story was recorded by a retired uh, FDNY fire department captain named John Vigiano. He had two sons, John, who was a police officer and Joe, a firefighter like his dad. Um, they were both killed on the attacks on the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001. John came to StoryCorps with his wife, Jan, to remember two, the two sons that he lost on that day. Here it is. There was a couple of days each year you were allowed to take your children to work. Uh, Joe loved it. That was his birthday present, that he would spend the night in the firehouse. We'd have a cake, and the guys I work with, they would take a milk container, and they'd cut out the facsimile of a building, and they'd put it on the top of the cake, and then they would light it up. And they would tell Joe to put it out, and he would throw a pot of water on it. The birthday cake was a little soggy, but this is what he wanted. Joe started dating a young lady whose father was a police officer. And he come home one day, and he says, I'm taking a police test. I says, Joe, you're only 17 years old. He says, ah, no big deal. On the other side of the room, my son, John, wanted to be the next Donald Trump. He was going to make a million dollars and take care of his mother and father. But in 1984, I came down with throat cancer. He noticed then how my unit took care of us. And he says, I'm going to become a fireman. I says, you're kidding me. Firemen don't make millions of dollars. How am I going to live like a king? But I was very happy, very proud. My father had been on the fire department, and he was the first one to be issued badge number 3436. 
and they reissued it to my son John. So the badge was only used by two. Both the boys uh, would call me when they were working. John would always call around 3.30, 4 o'clock, and that particular night, September 10th, we spoke for a few minutes, and I says, I love you. And he says, I love you. Joe called me in the morning and told me to turn on the television that a plane just hit the Trade Center. He says, I'm heading south on West Street. This is a big one. And I just said, be careful. I love you. I, said, I love you too. That was it. We had the boys for John for 36 years, Joe for 34 years, ironically. Badge number 3436. I don't have any could've, should've, or would'ves. I wouldn't have changed anything. There's not many people that the last words they said to their son or daughter was, I love you. And the last words they heard was, I love you. So that makes me sleep at night. It is, uh, it's so unnatural to die before your children. Um, but to lose two of them, the same tragedy on the same day is in, in different roles is, is just, um, I can't imagine the pain. Uh, there was a, there was a story that you guys did at the ticket counter that we want to play and set this up. Cause you know, as I listened to this before you came on, I, I've never even thought of this guy and what he's been walking around with is unbelievable. Um, And I'd like to hear an update on him if you have one after we listen to the story. Can you set this up? Sure. Uh, And I will say, you know, you and I talk about StoryCorps, you know, collecting the wisdom of humanity. And on that John and Joe piece, you know, when you hear him say the importance of saying I love you to the people who matter to you, you know, as those of us who are dads and moms, you know, when you hear a story like that, you're never not going to say I love you as the last thing you say to your kids yeah. ever again, you know, because yeah. it, it just reminds you what's important. Yeah, this is so this is this is a story that um, that's that takes place um, on September 12th. Um, it's a guy named Vaughn Alex, who um, very well may be a listener to this show, um, yeah. who was who was working um, the ticket counter at Dulles Airport. He checked in two men who arrived late. He followed all the, the security protocols. Um, and the next day he learned that they were two of the five hijackers who diverted American Airlines Flight 77 to crash into the Pentagon, killing 59 passengers and crew and 125 people at the Pentagon. Well, so this is Vaughn Alex coming to StoryCorps um, to talk about, um, about that day. Listen. I didn't know what I had done. It wasn't until the next day, September 12th, that I started finding out what happened. I came to work. And people wouldn't look at me in the eye. And they handed me the manifest for the flight. I just stared at it for a second. And then I looked up, I go, I did it, didn't I? I checked in a family. It was a retiree and his wife. I had time to talk to them. There was a student group. And I checked in a lot of those kids and parents, teachers. And uh, they were gone. They were just 
all gone. Once it became known, people didn't talk to me. And I, I had this wild kind of thing in my mind that everything that happened on September 11th was my fault personally, that I could have changed it. I, I felt there was no place for me in the world. There were all these support groups, and I didn't belong there because how do I sit in a room with people that are that are mourning and crying, and they're like, you know, what's your role in this whole thing? Well, I checked in a couple of the hijackers and made sure they got on the flight. I might go weeks or months, and everything would be just going along fine, and then there would be something that would trigger it. I was checking in somebody, and what she said was, my husband got killed on September 11th. And what I heard was, you killed my husband on September 11th. You know, you don't really move past it. It's still always there in some form. But now... You know, I'm able to talk about it. I mean, I feel like in, in some ways I've, I really have come out of a shadow. And I'm, I'm back in the light now. That's Vaughn Alex. Um, and if you, Vaughn, if you happen to be listening to us, I, I, it would be an honor to talk to you. Um, uh, please reach out. We're going to try to reach out and, and see if we can get a hold of him. Um, you know, I I don't think I've ever, I don't think I, I can recall a story that is as big and profound as this, um, where I didn't even think of the people at the, at the counter checking in, maybe in the, maybe around that time, I, I might've in a passing thought, thought, wow, how would it be if you were... But I never really thought how alone those people were in their grief. I mean, what are there? Three? Yeah. Uh, that is yeah. that is no. a very small support group. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, th- that's when you have a, you know, part of, part of what goes on with a tragedy that's as big as this is that we can't conceive all of the, you know, ripples that come off of a tragedy like that. You know, there's a woman who came to... Uh, Story Corps, who was the last person on the last elevator down from the World Trade Center, and the door was closing, and she saw a friend, and she said, hold that door. And he put his hand in the door, and the door opened, and she walked in, and that was it. One second later, she would have, you know, she would have been dead. She actually came in with the guy who opened the door for her. So there's so many stories like that. And, you know, part of part of what we try and do, it's so, it's, it's hard for, you know, there's a saying that you know, uh, 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 that, that, uh, a th- one death is a tragedy. A thousand deaths is, a you know, is, a is, a is a statistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we try and do with story Corps is, is remind people, you know, the, the sanctity of, of every single life and of every single story. Dave, um, I, I, yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. I mean, it, it is, you know, when when societies begin to separate themselves and they no longer see themselves as one, um, those societies are are headed towards really bad things. And 
we've so demonized one another and we have isolated ourselves, even though we have connections like we've never had in the history of all mankind. Um, and we don't know each other. And um, keeping our humanity is going to mean the difference between the horrors of what we know man can do uh, and the great things that we know man can do. And I think you're playing a big role in that. Well, you, you are too. You know, we, what, we, what we usually talk about when I come on is uh, one small step, which is this new effort of StoryCorps. You know, we've had 750,000 people who love each other come to StoryCorps. And with one small step, we're putting strangers across the political divide together. And, and your show has become the number one, number one referrer for conservatives in the country. Um, so this is where it starts. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about September 12th. I was in New York. And, you know, this has been talked about a lot, but it was a different world for a couple of days. Um, and we're not in that world anymore. You know, is this the country we want to leave for our kids where we see our neighbors as our most dangerous enemies? No. Who, you know, John Vigiano, did he vote for Trump? Did he know. vote for Biden? I don't know. Don't care. Does it matter? No. Don't care. So I hope I hope that people will continue. We have thousands of people on our waiting list now, thanks to you. Um, we're going to get through all of them. We're ramping up. Um, the idea is to have a conversation with someone who um, is on the opposite side of the political divide. It's not about your politics, but just about who you are as human beings so that we can begin to see each other again. Mother Teresa said we've forgotten that we belong to each other. Mm. Um, and we can, we, you know, either, either we keep going down the path we're going, um, and if that if that happens, the only thing we know for sure is it's not going to end well. Um, and there is another path. And I hope that your listeners will help us, um, you know, lead the country down that other path where it can be like September 12th, where we can begin to see each other again and we can, you know, be the greatest country that we can possibly be. How do people reach out to you? Take one small step dot org. Um, come sign up, be a part of this, get to know uh, through a conversation over um, a secure uh, portal that goes to the Library of Congress, get to know someone on the on the opposite side of the political divides. Um, everybody who's done this has had a good experience. It always ends with people asking for the phone numbers of the people that they talk to. In fact, I have to say, the last time I was on, we played a story of a mother and her son, the yeah. kid had Asperger's syndrome. Yeah. And afterwards, um, she is a newspaper columnist, and someone from your show reached out and said, I don't believe... Uh, I don't I don't agree with anything you say in politics, but we agree on the most important things in life, which is about how to raise a family and how to raise our children. I want to do a one small step recording with you. So hopefully next time I come on, they'll have. Oh, that. that'll be great. That. That'll be yeah. great. Dave, thank you so much. Take one small step dot org. Thank you. God bless. All right. It has been. Uh, it's been crazy talk to say that the dollar was going to uh, uh, be devalued, that we would, you know, enter into some sort of inflationary period because we would just go crazy spending money and printing money. Uh, said it couldn't happen. Well, the inflation number just came out. Uh, the inflation number is now 8.3%. Now, that's uh, for uh, production inflation. So all the producers on what it's taking to produce in August, it is taking... 8.3% inflation, in, which is going to be passed on to you. So it's the leading indicator of what you're paying. Um, 
I'm telling you now, bad inflation is coming and you're going to you're going to be they're going to they're moving towards a digital dollar. <laughs> and when that happens, you could take a 60 to 40 percent haircut. Um, it's happened before in America and it's going to happen again. And it's not good. Please protect yourself with an investment in something that is a collectible that is, you know, people, rich people are now buying cars, old cars and stuff because they don't believe in the value of the dollar. Um, I collect uh, coins. I collect a lot of stuff because I don't believe in the value of the dollar. One of the things that I collect and I think you should at least consider are the $5 gold Indian coins, overwhelming interest. They're expen- extending their special on these coins and giving you a free silver Maple Flex bar and a free one-ounce silver gold line branded bar, which each tube of Indian coins purchased. Please have something of value. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 10-second station ID. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, listening to us and um, and participating and trying to be the answer and uh, not the cancer. And I know it's hard. I gave a speech last night here in Texas uh, to a few hundred people that had gathered to to uh, help raise money for Louis Gohmert, congressman from Texas, and. Um, you know, it's hard. People want solutions, and the solutions are really not easy. They're not easy. They're simple, but they are not easy. And because they are so simple, um, too many reject them or roll their eyes. But I'm telling you, just by reaching out and being charitable in any way that you can, being kind to one another, remembering what your mom taught you was right and what was wrong, and not what this social media era is teaching you right and wrong. Um, And I thank you so much for your prayers. We need them, uh, especially over the weekend for the Nazarene Fund. Please keep us in your prayers. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So it's that time of the year where I, uh, you know, have beautiful, beautiful weather where we can cook outside and I can invite some of my oldest, dearest friends to come over to the house and and uh, have a, you know, barbecue. Um, so, and I'm, I might even invite Stu this time. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, maybe some of my dear friends are not around and I just have an extra couple of, you know vegetables <laughs> thank you i mean it sounds like a, an enticing invite yeah it does doesn't mm-hmm. it it doesn't it does yeah it wasn't real this is just for the radio oh, okay, okay um but when i have all my friends together we will have great food out on the rec tech rec tech uh, i want you to a b compare these if you are looking at any kind of a barbecue smoker grill anything um i want you to look at a rec tech and a b compare you will not believe dollar for dollar what you are going to get with a Rectech. There is no comparison. Smart grill technology built like a tank. Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. You can even make food for some of your off friends. It's Rectech.com.
Thank you so much for that, Glenn. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. <laughs> Promo code is Glenn. To save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. I remember... I remember September 11th, 2001. It was like a different time. I, I, at one point, we had all said, if you're my age, oh yeah, well, we'll do that in the year 2000. It seemed like a Marty McFly date that would never come. And I remember thinking, being there at the World Trade Center for the one-year anniversary, what would America be like on the 20th? This isn't what I imagined. I think this is maybe perhaps what a lot of American enemies imagined and hoped for. But just like on September 11th, we could get mad and get even, or we could be a blessing to others, the choice is ours to make. Today, on the eve of the 20th anniversary, as we feel like we are spiraling into chaos, let's not just remember September 11th, but let's recognize how fast our world can change by thinking about September 10th and who we can become by thinking of September 12th, 2001. Today, we take a couple of minutes to remember September 11th, 2001. Something weird is going on. Yeah. We, the World Trade Center is on fire. Oh my Seriously, goodness. the top it, of the building. We're trying to get information. Top level of one of the... ...to unfold from New York City. A crash plane crashed. <gasps> Just... My sister's in that building. Okay. And I hope she's okay. And I gotta run to New York. Oh my God, it's complete pandemonium. First of all, calm down. We're... It's raining papers and ashes and...
and outside of Washington, I don't have words to describe what I'm witnessing right now. Effective immediately until further notice, flight operations in the national airspace system by United States civil aircraft and foreign civil and military aircraft are prohibited. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. And freedom will be defended. Oh, God! Oh, my God! He just landed on the head. One of the World Trade Towers has collapsed and fallen. Oh, my God! September 11th, 2001. This is Glenn Beck. Dateline, New York. In one of the most audacious attacks ever, terrorists hijacked two airliners, crashed them into the World Trade Center in a coordinated series of blows today that brought down the twin 110-story towers. Thousands may be dead, 58,000 people work at the World Trade Center. She wanted me, I just wanted to let you know I love you and I'm stuck in this building. Please hit the building or phone went off, we don't know, but there's lots of smoke and we just wanted you to know that I love you. One plane, United Flight 93, crashed north of Somerset County Airport, a small airport 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. United said that flight, Boeing 757, left Newark at 8.01, and entered San Francisco at 38 minutes. We It is as old as the scriptures. We will not falter. And it is as clear. And we will not fail. As the American Constitution. That is the news of this day. September 11th, 2001.
I can't believe it's been 20 years. My wife and I went together just a couple of days after the World Trade Center. It was still on fire, still smoldering. I saw all the things that we have seen on television. If they show it. I've worked at CNN and I've worked at Fox and those images are now locked deep into a vault and you need special permission to be able to run them on television. But I remember what it smelled like. I remember seeing the firefighters and the workers of the rubble coming out past the smoke and their faces covered in dirt and soot. It was still a time when we thought maybe there would, we'd find some survivors. But there's one part of the story that is etched into my memory that I realize now is the important part of the story. What we're seeing happening with our police officers and firefighters and everything else is a direct response. It's a pendulum swing. We gave our f police officers too much credit. Every police officer was the Lone Ranger. And now we have seen the pendulum come to the exact opposite side. Every police officer is a villain. Neither of those are true. Because every American isn't a hero. And every American isn't a villain. We're a mix of all of it. But it's times like that time then and this time now where people are given the opportunity to be who they could be. Life doesn't give us these opportunities. We've had several of them now in my lifetime where you have an opportunity to reassess your life and go, wait, who have I become? Am I, Am, have I turned into that guy that when I was young said I would never be like? Am I so jaded? Am I so just convinced that nothing will ever change that I don't strive for it anymore? Am I just too tired and I've sold out all the things that I believed in when I was young in life? The thing that I now remember and I believe is probably more important than all of the images that we have seen. As I was walking out, 
I had focused on the firefighters and the police officers and the rubble. But what lined the streets of lower Manhattan were food trucks, barbecue trucks from Oklahoma, from Louisiana, from Michigan. There were people that didn't, didn't know what they could do. They just knew they had something and they got into their cars. They didn't wait for permission. They didn't call ahead and say, hey, they just got in because they wanted to help. And they knew if they could, and that's the way the Lord wanted it, the doors would open up. You know the guy who stood on the back of the fire truck next to George W. Bush with the bullhorn? Do you know he was a retired fireman? He wasn't a fire. He was retired. He'd been retired for years. He was sitting on his couch when he watched it, and he decided, I've got to go and help. And his family said, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. What are you going to do? He had to talk his way in. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fireman. I'm just coming to help. He went to help, and he had no idea that his face was everywhere until he pulled into his house late that night, tired and exhausted, and everybody in the neighborhood was at his house. I think our government is counting America out. I think it is the most uninspiring time in American history. I really, truly believe we have the anti-JFK in office. He's not asking what we can do for our country. <laughs> They're not asking what we can do for our fellow man. They're asking nothing of us. So may I ask, if they're not asking, will you rededicate yourself to step to the plate? Will you ask yourself, what am I going to do? How can I help? How can I be part of the solution and not make things worse? Who can I reach out to? And heal the wounds of this broken nation. With charity for all and malice toward none. A few years ago, uh, I started a, a business off the side with my uh, brother. And it was really kind of a personal passion thing because we both had really bad experiences with trying to sell our house. How do you even interview a real estate agent? I don't know. What makes them great? I don't know. Well, I was doing work with the 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal, and I learned from them. And I know there, there are things that you look for. So what we did is we started a, comp a company that could be a referral service for those kinds of agents, the best of the best, the ones who know how to get the most dollar for your house or the cheapest uh, price for the house you're moving into find those agents at realestateagentsitrust.com free to you realestateagentsitrust.com
the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much uh, for listening. We have an unbelievable podcast that comes out tomorrow. If you're a Blaze subscriber, you can get it now. Uh, one I have waited three years for. It's the reason I started the podcast. Brett Weinstein finally said, yes, you don't want to miss this episode of the Glenn Beck Podcast. Available now at blazetv.com slash Glenn or wherever you get your podcasts tomorrow.